Welcome to the Birds Up Podcast, brought to you by the UTSA Alumni Association. We are your source on what's going on at the university, the Alumni Association, and all things Runner Nation. Because now and forever, we are Roadrunners. 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 Welcome, Runner Nation, to another episode of the Birds Up Podcast, brought to you by the UTSA Alumni Association, a podcast by runners for runners. And I am your host, Drew Addison. With me, as always, is my beautiful wife, Yvonne. How are you today? Doing great. Thank you. And as the date of this recording, this is our 10th wedding anniversary, babe. Yes. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. It's uh, been a wild 10 years, I would say, with, yes. our, with our two little ones. Yeah, the last couple of years have been really crazy. <laughs> we kind of put it all there at the end there, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, but 10 years, babe, I love you, and Aww, it's been too. so much fun, and I'm really excited for the next 10 years and forever. Yeah, so. 10 years going on 100. That's right, that's right. <laughs> well, uh, another awesome two weeks, and a lot of stuff happening around the university, and everything really kind of gearing up for the wrap-up of the spring semester coming into mm-hmm. summer, mm-hmm. and an exciting fall semester coming ahead. So, Yvonne, yeah. uh, what is happening at the University and Alumni Association? Yeah, so obviously students are celebrating, well, students faculty staff are celebrating spring break and so there's actually kind of a couple things happening so when this goes live they will have had some wonderful hollywood writers who came onto campus to lead a screenwriters spring break and they're hosting 36 students who are going through this courses on screenwriting and they've got four amazingly talented Hollywood writers. One of them is John Herrera, who's an Emmy-nominated writer and producer for The Handmaid's Tale. A couple other producers, Nina Fiore, also part of The Handmaid's Tale and Vampire Diaries. Jorge Ramirez Martinez, who's a writer and producer for Selena the Series and Blacklist Redemption. And Raymond Arturo Perez, who is a San Antonio native and graduate of Communications Arts High School, who's also been working on Selena the Series. So they're going to be part of this two-day event, working with these 36 really talented students on the screenwriting courses and just a kind of a cool way to spend part of your spring break getting some additional exposure to what it's like working in a place like Hollywood. How awesome is that? Yeah, that is pretty cool. The other thing, you can start streaming. Also, it goes live March 22nd, which is the seventh season of the college tour which is going to feature UTSA. So this program goes around the country and highlights a college through the lens of its students. So I know there was a lot of activity earlier on last year as they were filming, and we got kind of some sneak peeks of what's going to be showcased during this latest season of the college tour, but it's awesome to see San Antonio UTSA highlighted, showcased on a national scale like that. So super exciting. So other things kind of coming up here, April 4th and 5th, it's a big day. It's a big fundraising day. This is UTSA's giving day. And so for those two days, 1,969 minutes exactly, we are going to be on a firestorm of fundraising for all kinds of college scholarships and programs. And if you go to givingday.utsa.edu, you can do two really important things. 
One, you can sign up to become an ambassador, which is super easy. The sign up is easy. You get all of the tools you need to post on social media, to share via email, to get the word out and help us spread what's going on as we get closer to Giving Day. And then the other thing you can do is you can preview a list of all the programs and scholarships and areas of opportunities of support that you can choose from when you give your gift or when you want to promote these opportunities of gifts and encourage others to donate to these amazing programs and scholarships and things that go directly to funding. So this is basically kind of a reach out to the masses, reach out to our community, reach out to our friends and families, reach out to our fellow alumni. Hey, come and support UTSA in this really exciting couple of days, 1969 minutes, which coincides with the year that UTSA was founded. And there's also going to be some really great matching opportunities. So throughout those two days, you're going to see if you're following on social media, you're going to see really cool opportunities for matching gifts. So pay attention to those, especially if there's specific organizations or programs or scholarships that you want to give to. So keep an eye out for that. Sign up, become an ambassador, help us. And if anything else, please use hashtag build the nest and we will definitely see another exciting and hopefully record-breaking giving day. It's really awesome to see a lot of the alumni out there that do the matching opportunities for those folks that are donating money and some word down the vine that I'm hearing of some pretty exciting ones that are going to be popping up once giving day starts. So uh, I do want to give a thank you to those alumni that are out there that are already stepping up and preparing their matches. And one more last thing to mention here, uh, April 15th is UTSA Day. So this is our open house for the university. You can go online and and look at opportunities to sign up for campus tours, meeting with advisors, talking to financial aid. All different resources will be available to visiting potential students. If you're interested in going to grad school, maybe you didn't go to UTSA as an undergrad, but you're really curious what's going on in this pretty awesome university, come check out UTSA Day. It's a really neat event. If you have a potential student, a high school student maybe in your family who's not quite sure exactly what's the best fit for them, come check it out. A lot of great things. Again, a lot of things that are happening around the university right now. As of the date of this recording, I'm actually heading to Orlando, Florida tomorrow for the Associated Builders and Contractors National Convention to watch the UTSA Construction Science and Management Competition Team present their RFQ to the National Committee. And good luck to those roadrunners that are up there already. And hopefully they'll be able to bring back the gold and uh, another opportunity for UTSA to be put on the national spotlight. So I'm excited for them. They've, they've put a lot of work in preparing for this. So good luck. And also thank you to all the industry sponsors that have made it uh, possible for the students to travel stress-free so they can focus on the competition completely. But let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Today, I'm really excited. Uh, I always love the opportunity to facilitate the story of alumni-owned businesses and to highlight small business success with Shriver, Carmona, and company being one of the city's most successful audit firms and today we welcome Chris Carmona the class of 2002 master of accounting and Derek Schreiber class of 2007 undergrad and masters in accounting these guys have a really really great story especially on how they came to be as a business not really even knowing each other prior to going into business but it's interesting to see how their career paths somewhat crossed without them really even knowing it and they saw an opportunity to start their own firm and have done a really, really great job. We talk about their experience at UTSA, their experience of opening a business, all the extracurriculars that they're involved with, and one of which is City Fans 210, which is a nonprofit organization working with San Antonio, South Texas community to procure sponsorship NIL deals for UTSA football and basketball players. But stick around for after the interview as we'll go over some more things that are happening at the University and the Alumni Association, and we'll be back in a bit. 
Birds up. Birds up. Beep, beep. Alumni entrepreneurs or alumni business owners, Yvonne, you being one, mm-hmm. and seeing the success, but it's also seeing what goes into yeah, success, having but a there business. are a lot of challenges. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and making the decision to grow, I feel like, is one that we're yeah. constantly kind of struggle with. And mm-hmm. luckily today, we have two UTSA alumni that are from the accounting industry, but also entrepreneurs and business owners themselves. Today, we welcome Chris Carmona and Derek Shriver. Thank you guys for joining us today. Well, thank you very much thank for you the for invitation. I'm excited to learn all of the things as an entrepreneur entrepreneur from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I was thinking Yvonne's probably going to be throwing in some questions here and there about like, okay, well, what can I throw in on, right. on my What are financial? some tax strategies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. explore this a little further. Uh, How does it apply to the construction? And no. Right, 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 right. I'm always really excited to have the conversation mostly with alumni business owners. Through the show, we get a chance to meet a lot of folks that are doing some amazing things around the city and around the country, really all over the place. But it always is fascinating for me to learn what the path is for you guys going in a business. But I want to make sure that we get to know you guys individually first. And Chris, I think we'll go ahead and start with you. UTSA class of 2002, arriving in 2000. But I feel like there's a little bit more to the story. So how did you end up at UTSA? Did my stint at SAC, mm-hmm. San Antonio Community College. And uh, I was actually an architecture major oh, wow. for several years. And it was something I wanted to do since I was maybe six to eight years old. Mm-hmm. From that, I did move to College Station, uh, wanted to go to A&M, started at Blinn Junior College, took some classes there, and then realized that I wanted to come back to San Antonio. And during that time, I had actually took a couple of years off and worked an internship at an architecture firm in Houston mm. and realized maybe I want to own my own business one day. And so I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. And he said, well, you know, account is the language of business. And I was like, okay, I'll just do that then. I was like, I'll, I'll just jump in and do accounting. And my grandfather was a business owner. He owned grocery stores and he had an eighth grade education and he's my hero. And I just admired what he did to build a successful business. That was kind of the itch that I wanted to follow in his footsteps and own a business, maybe not in the grocery business. So I started accounting in 2000 there at UTSA and worked full time and just wow. focused mm. full time in school. And folks are like, wow, you're really taking a lot of hours and getting through. I said, well, I was in architecture school. You had projects due. You're pulling all-nighters. So I was mm-hmm. like, I can, I can pull an all-nighter. That's fine. Se- several days a week. So I got through it with this help of family and friends. And now my wife, we were dating at the time. She was very supportive. She was my sugar mama during that time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I know what that's and like. Yvonne <laughs> got me through. She was already a professional. She's an interior designer. So from that accounting, UTSA, and it was kind of by default. I was like, what's a good university here? Mm. They have an accounting program. So let me just go to UTSA. What I've learned through time, not really so much building relationships during the time I was at UTSA because it was back in 2000, 2002. But since then, just the growth of the Alumni Association, mm-hmm. connecting with Derek as my business partner and essentially a brother to me now. And it's just really great momentum and a great time to be uh, UTSA alum. Oh, so yeah, I'm really embracing sure. that now yeah. where it was kind of a default. Let me go to school there. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can commute there, get my degree. Starting accounting mm-hmm. has really become really a part of the fabric of who I am. Oh, my really? kids now all day are throwing, yeah, throwing right. awesome. birds up. And That's awesome. My eight-year-old, he's all about the football games. That's I awesome. mean, even the campus has changed tremendously yeah. in what I consider a short amount of time. 
It looks so different, right? Totally different. Took my boys on a tour, and I was getting yeah. lost just driving <laughs> yeah. through, the, through the campus, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and just seeing yeah. everything that's out there. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. And I feel like, too, like you had mentioned, the alumni ship is growing, and it is really exciting to see more and more alumni come back. But in 2004, Chris, you started as an audit senior associate for KPMG Global, a giant company. What was that opportunity like coming into that, and how did you navigate working in such a large business? At the time, I had an opportunity to make a little more and experience and cut my teeth in the big four. And so it was a great opportunity. There was a lot of hiring going on because it was shortly after Enron and everything else mm-hmm. going on. So there's a bunch of yeah. hiring opportunities. That's what really helped moving into the big four is having a connection with alumni. Everybody was always asking, what school did you go to? And are you part of alumni association? And I was like, what is this? You know, yeah. It was really something at that point in time that as I was able to give back through recruiting events and going back to UTSA and then reconnecting like with Dr. Sanders over at the accounting department really got me thinking about how great of a university UTSA really is. And mm-hmm. so having that connection and then traveling around the country working on different engagements, meeting different people. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. But you realize those larger organizations or those large companies aren't really for everyone. Mm-hmm. Traveling, the hours, the priority is really my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was only at KPNG for about three years. Yeah. And then I went back to the firm I originally started with. You hear a lot of finance students, I want to go work for Goldman Sachs in New York, mm-hmm. right? right? And I've been wanting to talk to somebody that yeah. went the to big, a big four. Okay, what is the big four? The four largest accounting firms. And oh. it's kind of getting a little muddy now because mm-hmm. there's a lot of acquisitions going on and mergers. The okay. ones that do all the audits for all the publicly traded companies. When I talk to students, they're like, well, I want to go work for one of these big companies. Yeah. It's like, I respect your thinking on that, mm-hmm. right? Just it's good exposure, maybe a good experience you're young. But I always caveat it with, you're going to learn a lot really quick and you're going to find out that you become pretty insignificant really fast. Yeah. I always try to say, don't bypass the smaller firms. Right. At least hear them out, right? Because there's just an opportunity for growth within those. Absolutely. Would you say that that was your experience coming to realization, like, I got to recenter and bring it back in? Absolutely. My time at KPMG was fantastic. Met a lot of great people, and I wouldn't change that for anything. I truly still believe that out of all the big four, and I know I have friends at other big four, that KPMG did things right. Like, I appreciated what they invested in me sure. during the time. You're going to get top-notch training. You're working with some of the best companies and CPAs, and just having these opportunities that you may not have at a smaller firm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as we started to grow a family and have a family, where do I need to focus my time? Mm-hmm. So you come to a point where either that's something you really want to focus on and continue to grow that path. Anybody that goes into an accounting firm, like, what's your goal? I want to be a partner. Okay, sure. well, it's pretty hard to become a partner in, in any KPMG. business, right? KPMG. Or even be an owner of any business, yeah. especially KPMG. But I love the mentality that, that folks have. But mm-hmm. it's okay, I think, for students out there that maybe start and realize that their path is somewhere else. It's okay to don't look mm-hmm. at it as a failure. Look at it as, this isn't for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't feel that way. The failure for me would have been not being there for my family or not focusing on them. Mm-hmm. You have to every once in a while step back, reflect, where are your core values and are they aligning currently? Because life changes. And this next phase of your career is interesting too. So you come from KPMG into a smaller firm. What does the tempo change? How do you adjust to a smaller firm? Well, moving back to a small firm, this was prior to Derek and I launching our practice. It was really a vision of saying, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to take things that I really love about the big firm and implement it here. Mm -hmm. 
you realize in a small firm that you still have folks that own the firm that aren't that interested in change or that interested in like, yeah, they're going to hold you back. And then you jump in realizing, wow, there's a lot of work to be done. Building rapport with your team members is extremely important. And so jumping in, trying to make change isn't really the right approach, at least in the situation I was in. Mm -hmm. When you realize that you're working with individuals that they really want to learn and they have all the potential in the world, Mm -hmm. they just chose, just like me, not to go big four or maybe they were overlooked but had the talent to do it. When you step into a smaller firm, are you taking into account a little bit more about what your personal brand is in the industry or are you just really focusing on the work itself? I think a little bit of both. You really are looking at how can you make an impact in branding not only the small firm but yourself. Personally, I wasn't looking at where's my next step. It was this is where I want it to be and hopefully there's an opportunity here for me to Mm -hmm. become partner here, Mm -hmm. right? The reality of that seemed a little bit more realistic than maybe at a KPMG or EY or one of the other big four firms. And so you're really trying to make your impact there immediately by helping people, mentoring people. And so that was really my focus in joining that firm. Close to 2010, decided to take the leap into Mm -hmm. starting your own business. What was the circumstances around that and how did you make the decision to pull the trigger? It was fast. What I thought I was going to get was time with my family. And I actually worked, it seemed like, more hours in a small firm Mm -hmm. because I was a manager there and I was trying to make my way towards either a senior manager or a partner, but also having to spend a lot of time with developing people as well. So you're kind of getting pulled in many directions. It was, again, a point in my life where do I take the leap or not? Not knowing that owning your own business, you probably work more than it's on your mind all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like another child. Right? It's like, yeah. oh, it's wow, flexibility yeah, and freedom, not so much, yeah, yeah. at least in the beginning. And so it was really Derek, actually his wife, Virginia, who I had worked with in the small firm, mentioned to Derek because Derek was thinking about launching out on his own, acquiring a practice. Mm-hmm. And she just knew, working with both of us, that we would just kind of click because we hadn't known each other. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Very unusual. Very we unusual. knew of each other and we would run into each other mm. in the accounting industry. Yeah. But we had never worked together oh at gosh. all. That's wow. wow. A week after we had lunch, I think we signed the papers and mm-hmm. we're on oh our way. God. That was that leap of faith. Yeah. And even though in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, it's accounting. I can find another job. Right. Right. But right. you have all these people you cheering you on. You can't have that noise in your, yeah. in your head. No, you can't. Yeah. You have all these people cheering you on. Yeah. We're building a work relationship at the time. We're, we're running a business and owning a business together. And so that support of Derek and us just being able to balance each other out mm-hmm. immediately, I think that's the match making that's what virginia saw yeah that's awesome so i do want to dive into a little bit more about how the relationship works and you guys really getting to know each other after you've already become business owners but i do want to get you introduced sure derek that way it's a well-rounded understanding of where you guys come from being an alum class of 2007 starting in 2001 it appears your whole time at university was at utsa that's correct so i'm a military brat my father retired out at fort hood and played baseball ever since i was a kid did very well in high school but i had aspirations to go to ut at the time Mm. and all my buddies were going there i didn't even know about utsa i really didn't even know about san antonio to be honest because i was only in texas for about four years and so my coach at the time coach tucker convinced me to go play ball at a junior college on a scholarship Mm -hmm. and so i took the chance and moved up to Plano, played baseball for a year, but quickly realized that it wasn't going to be a career for yeah. me. Mm. 18 years old, away from the house and from the family. Yeah. There was not a lot of school going on, not a lot of studying. And so sure. my grades suffered tremendously. Coming out of high school, I did have an academic scholarship to go to UT. After my first year, my grades were so bad that I couldn't get back in. Yeah. And I had a buddy of mine that was living in San Antonio, going to UTSA, visited with him over the weekend, stayed with him and toured the city and the university and fell in love with it. Mm. Nice. So that's kind of how I ended up at UTSA. 
UTSA and initially I wanted to be in the Air Force. My father was in the Army, but mm-hmm. quickly changed my mind. <laughs> then thought I wanted to be a computer science major, didn't like that, then changed to engineering. And I always tell people my very first engineering class is when I realized I didn't want to be an engineer. Oh. <laughs> when there are more letters. I can say the same thing about accounting. Oh, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I always say when there are more letters than numbers in a math problem, <laughs> like that to me was uh, way too confusing. Yeah. So, so I was kind of stuck in limbo. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business, decided to enroll in the College of Business, but didn't really know which path I wanted to take. I actually got a D in Principles 1 Accounting, but there was a pretty big curve. And so I ended up with, a, I think it was a B minus yeah, maybe. Thank God for that. Yeah. Those first two accounting classes are no joke. Yeah. It's all Greek to me, right? Yeah. But I stuck with it. And after a couple more classes, it started to click for me. And mm-hmm. then I started researching all the different opportunities that this profession could offer. And so that's when I made the decision to go full speed ahead into accounting. Nice. During your time at UTSA, you were also part of Phi Gamma Delta. I was. I was a Fijian. Moving to San Antonio, I didn't really know anybody. Mm-hmm. And walking onto the campus, I saw all the Greek. Everyone's just hanging out. And so yeah. walked up and somebody came up to me and started talking to me. We struck up a conversation. And next thing you know, I pledged and I was a Fiji at that point. That's kind of how I started to develop friendships, you mm-hmm. know, coming from a military background. It was very natural for me to always have to make new friends because we moved every three years. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. seemed like a pretty good group of guys and ended up enjoying my time there as a Fiji. You finished your undergrad in what, 2005? I did. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have an opportunity to go work for Valero as an audit specialist. Right. I went and applied at the firm that Chris was working at. I was actually his replacement. So he had left. So he was there first. Yeah, it was was just, it just happened that way, right? So so he left after a couple years to go work for KPMG and I was his replacement. That's where I met my now wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was there for about two years and had a chance to go work at Valero in their internal audit department. Mm. And that was such an amazing experience. I mean, Valero is a top notch organization, you know, one of the best to work for in the country. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much there about how to communicate with VPs and other people who had been in the industry a long time. And it was a great experience. But during my time there, you know, I've always had that entrepreneurial itch. And so while I was there, I started doing taxes and bookkeeping for some of my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I would literally walk door to door and hand out flyers Uh and say, you know, hey, I'm studying accounting. I'm studying to be a CPA. And if you need someone to do your taxes, I'll do them for like $50. After about three or four years, it kind of grew to a nice little book of business. That's when I realized that that was my passion, working with Mm -hmm. individuals in the Mm -hmm. the public sector. So around that time, my wife was still working at that firm. And so I told her, hey, look, I want to do this. What do you think? And she said, let's do it. And there was another gentleman that I worked with who was a CPA. He lived in Seguin. His name is Brandon Elke. And he and I were thinking about joining forces and buying a firm in Seguin. And my wife said, nah, you're not going to be happy driving to Seguin every day. And we're certainly not going to move there. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a hard no. Yeah. That's a hard no. And, you know, she's the boss. So that's right. That's right. But I stumbled across this website, like a brokerage firm that represents CPAs Mm. selling their practice. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I spoke to the broker and he had an opportunity here in San Antonio. So I interviewed with the CPA that was retiring. And that's when I said, I'm going to do this, but Mm. I couldn't do it on my own. It was too big of a deal for me to just go out on my own. That's when my wife mentioned, you should talk to Chris. I don't think he's happy, but he's such a hard worker. And I think you guys would work well together. And so we had lunch at Chewy's and I was telling him the plan. And he said, you know what? Let's bring the family together, have dinner and let's talk about it. That's kind of how that journey started. So that's the creation of Shriver, Cremona and company. That's correct. Really getting to know each other while you're going while through this process. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? yeah. The initial development of it is like, okay, here's going to be our focus. I'm putting together the business plan of it. Were y'all able to navigate y'all's own personalities with that? What were the pros you and know, cons of it's, that? It was uh, interesting 
dynamic because Chris's experience is an audit. I had some experience in audit, not a whole lot, but I never had the benefit of working for another firm doing taxes and accounting. It was all self-taught. But the practice that we purchased only did taxes and bookkeeping. There was no audit clients. Hmm. So when we first joined, I was managing what we had just purchased and Chris was building from zero the audit practice. So he was out networking, volunteering at local nonprofits and kind of getting his name out there to help build the audit practice. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we're just kind of learning about each other during this process. And it was very stressful. Those first two years, we took a massive pay cut to do this. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people Starbucks was a treat. It was tough, but we had the support of our family. There was a down payment requirement that we had to come up with from the bank's perspective. And Mm -hmm. we had family support that really, really helped. And we are forever thankful and indebted to those family members that helped out. Because without that, I don't really know where this would have gone at that point. Chris has helped shape the firm quite a bit in terms of our core values and Mm -hmm. kind of what we stand for. Because I was just so focused on money, turning out work. I needed him to focus on that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. bills, yeah. and I think we just kind of jumped in and said, okay, I'm going to do this. You're going to do that. So that's interesting, too, because, I mean, you guys have expertise within the accounting world, right? But now stepping into business ownership, there's other things we got to think about, right? Absolutely. And, and navigating yeah. that. And from a management perspective, how do y'all's personalities click? I'm very non-confrontational. Yeah. So that's why he's the HR guy, because yeah. if any employee issues come up, I would just prefer not to deal with it. If it needed to be dealt with, then that's when Chris would step in and take ownership of that. Starting out, I was the IT guy, so I was the one that helped get the server stuff set up, mm-hmm. some of the technology stuff. But that's a lot of that stuff you don't think about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the little details that you got to mm-hmm. pay attention to. And then when oh you goodness. are the business owner, you're the last one to eat. You know, yeah. you got to feed all your employees. Yep. And then yep. if there's anything left over, then that's when you get to have some food. And so it was challenging. We were, Very you know, hard. pension pennies. What? We have to invoice clients? Like the money just doesn't come in? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, clients are late in paying? Like, how do you handle that? What do you mean you don't want to pay me? Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, I thought we had an agreement here. uh, But it was stressful. I mean, there were times where we were like, are we going to make payroll? No. Oh, yeah. It's not for everybody. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. So how has your trajectory with growth and adding on more team members? Because I imagine it's just y'all two, and now you've got to add a third person, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're like adding well, people from outside to come and work for you. Right. So how is pulling the trigger? That first firm that we purchased had four employees Okay. in addition okay. to the owner. One of the employees was going to retire at the same time the CPA was retiring. She was going to stick around for one year just to help with the transition. But the other three employees we kept. And so mm-hmm. I had never really managed people. So mm-hmm. it was a new experience for me. Mm-hmm. And Chris had the opportunity to be a manager and lead a team. So he had a little bit more experience. And a lot of the employees were maybe the same age as us. So that created an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. there. So I was 27 when I, or 28, I think, when I decided to leave and do this. Mm-hmm. And I vividly remember we were meeting the clients that we acquired and handing out business cards. And one of the gentlemen looked at the card and said, oh, Shriver Carmona. He says, Derek Shriver. He's like, is that your dad? Oh. And I said, no, this is actually me. But don't worry. I know I'm young, but I'm a fast learner. <laughs> you know? yeah. I do IT. Yeah. 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 No, I'm the IT guy. Yeah. That was a big hurdle in trying to overcome that stigma of you're young, you're mm-hmm. inexperienced. Do you really know how to do taxes? That was our first obstacle that we had to Mm. overcome but you know after that first year we developed the trust and the confidence with the clients and we had a very successful transition that first year the client-based retention is key coming in that first year in my industry and it's the same case i'm kind of the young button it took me four solid years to just gain the trust of Mm -hmm. them contacting me directly right they've had the same representative for 30 years Mm -hmm. and you know who's this kid that's coming in here and doing that so it's a process it's certainly something you got to tread lightly 
be respectful, Absolutely. be responsive, yeah. and be consistent. Yep. That's all you can do. That's, That's it. all you can do. But I do have all the website information on the show notes. So if you're interested in learning more, I do love y'all's website, especially the highlighting of the interests of the individual employees, the headshot. Yeah. Of the, that's really, yeah, I really like great. That, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I do want to touch a little bit about Chris's nonprofit work and things that he's been doing. You are a San Antonio Regional Board member at KIPP Texas Public Schools. And for those of you who are not familiar with that, KIPP Texas Public Schools is an open enrollment public tuition-free charter school network of 55 schools with more than 29,000 pre-K through 12 students across the state. Also being a board member for the Nonprofit Council, the mission is to support, connect, and strengthen the leadership of nonprofit organizations. I've always been really fascinated with that on being that support system mm-hmm. for all the nonprofits in the mm-hmm. community. And the more and more we do this show, the more we get introduced to folks that are involved in nonprofit. It is incredible the mm-hmm. network that we have in San Antonio. Oh yeah. Also being a board member for Eva's Heroes, whose mission is dedicated to enriching the lives of individuals with intellectual special needs ages 14 and older. Managing a business and also supporting these boards when it comes to time management, making sure that you're affected on all those, what is your thought on how you manage all that stuff? It's hard. As Derek mentioned, when we started the practice, I had to get out there and kind of figure out how are we going to grow the audit side of our firm? I knew right away that nonprofits would be something we could be competitive in because mm-hmm. we were new, didn't have huge overhead, and nonprofits are always looking, you know, obviously for cost savings and things of that sort. So got involved right away with the nonprofit council. That really helped broaden our exposure to different nonprofits. Since we've been doing work with nonprofits, I'd say about 80% of our audit work is all in the nonprofit sector. And we've just have developed a passion for helping nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And so as I've gotten involved and really wanting to help help nonprofits, you have to learn from different angles, Mm. right? Not just finance. And so challenging yourself and balancing. So obviously I'm always going to be paid. You're on the finance committee. Sure. Sure, I'll take that. And it's actually a really good space for me because at least I can get comfortable because I know a little bit about finance, especially now nonprofit Mm -hmm. financials. In time, it's really learning more about how do you fundraise? How do you govern? Through my time on nonprofit service, I have really developed kind of a well-rounded aspect about nonprofit leadership and governance, which has then in turn has helped us be value add to our nonprofit Mm -hmm. clients, right? Mm -hmm. Because I just don't talk to them about your financial. That's what you hire us for. Mm -hmm. But there's also, did you receive this grant? Have you thought about this funding? Mm -hmm. The nuts and bolts of how it works. You were looking at a capital campaign. Okay, are you thinking about the multi-year pledges? How are you considering those? Are you sure they're going to be collected? Like just thinking through all that with our clients is really going back to our mission statement, Mm -hmm. which is to serve others to fulfill their mission as long Mm -hmm. as it doesn't send us to jail or hell, (laughs) right? And so the service part sounds very simple and to fulfill their mission. And so they wake up every day to say, okay, I do audit. I do accounting. How does that help somebody fulfill their mission? Well, if we're providing quality services to our clients and quality financial statements, those audited financial statements help them meet a grant requirement Mm -hmm. to obtain additional funding. Now they're able to continue to fulfill their mission, Mm -hmm. right? So it's more than just, I do audit. The accounting, yeah. You've also spent time as a board member of the Guide Dogs of Texas Advisory Board and member of Big Give San Antonio and Finance Council, member of St. Matthew's Catholic Church, as well as the Catholic School. Additional involvement, and I've learned professionally the importance of that. I mean, granted, there's the networking aspect of things, but it's also dialing into what you're passionate about and really being a part of a piece of a major change, right? Mm -hmm. Derek, you are currently sitting as the board chair for the UTSA Accounting Programs Advisory Council. Mm -hmm. And respect there, I'm the board chair for the Construction Science and Management Advisory Council and trying to navigate through all that and try to provide the best that we can for the students. Mm -hmm. How did you get introduced to the Advisory Council and what are you guys currently working on? I can't remember how I was introduced 
to the advisory board, but I was a member. And then three or four years later, they asked me to chair it. This board is made up of some extremely intelligent people, people that just have been in this industry for such a long time. You know, we're talking about partners at big firms, executives at large companies, professors. And so I think my focus is a couple of things. One, be an advocate for the industry. A lot of times when we go to talk at these principals one, two classes, the students don't really understand what can a CPA or an accountant do? Like, what are all the different options, right? Mm -hmm. As an accountant, there's just so much you can do with that degree. And then the second thing is preparing these students for what to expect when they get out. And so I do a lot of mentoring throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of class speaking engagements and just being that cheerleader for our profession. You know, we're seeing a decline in enrollment within the program nationally, not just UTSA. So it's going to be even harder in the future to find good talent, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, some of it is self-serving. I do get access to the professors there. And yeah. so when they do come across a bright student that needs some help, I do have an opportunity to meet with that student and develop a relationship and help them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm thinking just about the industry in general. There's a huge need for good young accountants. And I don't want to lose that and have to fight that battle 10 mm-hmm. years from now. Yeah. So that's kind of my primary focus that's as awesome. part of this journey of being the chair of the accounting advisory board. I think it's important to highlight that the existence of these advisory boards, I'm sure there's a lot of alumni that don't even know that they're really there, or maybe they've come across it, but they're not sure what they do. Mm-hmm. From the CSM standpoint, same thought, right? And it is exciting to see that you know we do have some younger folks that are involved with the advisory boards, but at the same time, our board is made up of some amazing mm-hmm. executives within the construction industry, all of which that they're looking to give back to the university, provide opportunities for students, work on the academics for the students so they're better equipped when they're leaving school. Right. Yeah. And and then fundraising to help them go and do things. Right. And scholarships. Uh, and Scholarships, yeah. compete, do whatever it is that they need to do. Because it helps the university as a whole as well and the program. But it is awesome to see that you're on the advisory board. we got to somehow connect the advisory board so we can all... Commiserate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the people that are running the accounting department at UTSA are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. They do so much for these students. And they need to be recognized for that effort that they're putting in. Dr. Sanders, Dr. Sherrod, Astana, they're huge in giving back and making sure that students have what they need to be successful, not only from an education standpoint, but from a career standpoint as well, Mm -hmm. you know, just understanding what the firms are expecting for the students and making sure that they are coming out with the right education and able to compete with the grads from UT, from A&M, some of these larger institutions. It's a great board to work with. It's just phenomenal people. And you're also the treasurer for Students of Service of San Antonio. For those of you who are not familiar with that, you guys develop young leaders who have a global perspective to solve local problems, and their programs combine meaningful local community service with informed international experiences. Can you elaborate a little bit on what SOS does and how can alumni get involved? So I met Amir, who's the founder of that organization, through a mutual friend. And at the time, the organization was young and didn't have as many board members as it does now. And so I offered to help him with his tax return pro bono because I knew that was an area that they needed to focus on. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to grow, they're going to have to have something that's visible to the public. Right. And so I was doing that for a couple of years and helped him with the accounting piece as well. And then just recently, he asked me to step up and be the treasurer of the board, which I happily accepted. Mm-hmm. And now the organization's grown and is doing great things, but it gives these students who never had a chance to travel, it gives them that opportunity to see what are some of the other things that are going on around the world and how can you take some of those things and bring it back to solve some problems that we're having here locally. Mm-hmm. And you listen to some of the students and some of the impact that this organization has had on their life. It's very moving. And so there's a lot of service hours that these students are required to put in. in in order to travel. We're trying to generate some funds so that we can help offset some of this travel cost for these students. 
Donating time, obviously, is one way. Donating money, obviously, is another way. But Amir is doing such an amazing job with his organization. He's all in. He's left his position as an educator, so he used to be a teacher. Oh, wow. And he was doing two things at once, you know, mm-hmm. teaching and then working SOS on the side. And just recently, within the last few months, the board made a decision to hire him as a full-time employee. Oh, wow. So wow. that he can That's focus awesome. on his yeah. mission and where his heart truly is, which is developing these young students and making them future leaders of America. Well, I will have all the contact information on that as well. So if you're interested in giving either time or monetarily, I do want to tap into of y'all's continued entrepreneurship and some other things that you guys are involved with. Chris, in 2020, you became a founding member of the Board of Governors for the Center Club San Antonio. I've yet to go there. After diving into it a little bit, maybe we can go with you and check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> Explain what the Center Club San Antonio So is. the Center Club is the former Plaza Club that used okay. to be in the Frost Bank Tower. And a mentor of mine invited me to join their Board of Governors. And I'm considered founding because that was the time they were transitioning Transitioning, from plaza to center. So I just got lucky. So it sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'll definitely take that. And, you know, a lot of my involvement has always been with more of a service type organization. And I really feel that this involvement here will kind of help. You've mentioned a lot, like, how do we get groups? How do we get alumni connected? And if you ever had a chance to go to the Plaza Club, the new Center Club, which is being built out in the Western Center downtown, is going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to provide more of a upbeat vibe. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the layouts for what's going to happen there, beautiful view, and just provide opportunity for people to connect. Right. I believe and not feel so exclusive. When you think about these clubs, it's very reasonable to join. We're members and it's been under construction for many years, but funding just finally came through. And so we're now actively in the construction stage starting soon. So I think it's a great space downtown to entertain, but also to just meet people. That's really awesome. So this is, like you said, the Weston Center on the 30th floor will provide panoramic views of downtown San Antonio. I saw the mock-ups on the website. It's really, really cool. I do also have that in the show notes as well. So if you're interested in uh, membership or taking a look at that, please do. Now, Derek, in 2017, you get your firm off the ground. You're about seven years in. You join Caravino mm-hmm. as a chief financial officer. Yep. I want you to describe what this is mm-hmm. because immediately I thought Carvana. But then I got into it. I was like, this is pretty cool. So please explain to us what Caravino is. Chris Clyde, who moved from California to San Antonio to raise his family, came to me needing tax services, and he was a referral from another client of ours. In striking up a conversation with him, I asked him, so what are you going to do? At the time, he was the director of technology at CBS in LA, and Mm. he said, I want to scratch this entrepreneurial itch. And so I've got this product that I'm thinking about making. And so he drew it on a napkin sketch. And at the time, I said, okay, this seems like a very novel idea, interesting. I don't drink wine, so it didn't really resonate with me. And so I helped him with his taxes that year and just thought next year he's going to come back with probably another idea. And that's generally what happens. People come up with an idea, and it kind of peters out. But the following year, he came back with a little prototype that he had made. And I said, okay, now I understand what you're talking about. And it's actually very interesting. I reached out to a friend of mine who's a client, Joel Kay, and I said, hey, this guy's got this interesting idea and we need some seed money to kind of get it going. It's an all-in-one bottle where you can store a full bottle of wine in it. It's vacuum insulated. And in the base of it, it has two nesting tumblers that convert to wine glasses with stems. And so think of like a Yeti, but for wine. And and it's a beautiful bottle, great packaging. So we did a Kickstarter campaign. It was kind of hokey because we didn't have any money. And so we were (laughs) taping things together and and did it all for the camera. But it worked. And we generated like $75,000 in pre-orders within Mm -hmm. like 25 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was a pretty successful campaign. Now we got to go make this thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I had another client of mine that traveled back and forth to China sourcing products. And he knew a gentleman that was making stainless steel vacuum insulated 
containers. Mm. And that was part of our product. And so we asked him to give us a quote on how much it would cost to make the internal components of the bottle. Well, he saw what we were doing and he actually flew from China to come meet us because he wanted to be involved in this. And so that's how we got started with that manufacturing relationship. Mm -hmm. Got a little bit more seed money to develop this thing. And it took a while. COVID really set us back about two years. We couldn't travel to China and and check out the prototypes and things like that. So we just launched a few months ago. We also sell a luxurious wine tumbler. And Chris is also a part of this as well. So he and I both are involved in this as equity partners. Oh, nice. Our tumblers are selling very well on Amazon and we just launched our website and so we're getting ready to do a full marketing campaign on our bottle. Well, when you guys are on Shark Tank, I'm going to make sure I record that episode. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's kind of a good point of even in these two opportunities for you guys that come up of what can come from an accounting degree. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because you guys speak the language and a language that most folks don't want to take time or even deal with, to be honest with you. Yeah. (laughs) And I love the story of Derek seeing a need and building a bridge, making that connection and actually helping a client get through that next step. And I also saw that 2022, the Carmona Insurance Agency was born. Mm-hmm. Is that more of like a branch off of y'all's uh, mm-hmm. CPA firm? Yeah. Chris can speak to that because it's actually his twin brother. Yeah, it's my identical twin brother. So they're actually... So he's the us. agent. So he's, he's the, the agent. agent. Okay, yeah. awesome, he's the agent. Man, that's awesome. And my brother's had an itch to start his own practice and he's really developed a passion for helping people, signing your dollars, building a budget and knowing that you can make things oh, happen. That's awesome, right? Man. And so he did a lot of research with different opportunities and PNC insurance being an independent insurance broker Mm -hmm. really came to mind. He's had opportunities to maybe look at a captive insurance company, Mm -hmm. but he really wanted to say, well, if I'm going to help people, I need to have multiple options for them. So going independent allows him to have access to many different carriers. So he came to us and we kind of went to him and said, hey, we have a client base that has a need. It's all purely individual PNC coverage. So he's talking homeowners and Mm -hmm. auto insurance starting there and eventually maybe hopefully we'll get into commercial. So we launched in September, which was an extremely hard time to launch any business, especially because of the increase of just everything going up. So he's been a lot of time just kind of hitting the ground, meeting his referral sources. So if anybody's interested to meet with him is really through like loan officers, loan process, because he really wants to focus on the home insurance side and build those relationships. And then the auto side when you start to package things. So Derek and I are very excited about something we've tried before with just partnering with other brokers, Mm -hmm. but we weren't really vested. In this case, we really have that interest and we're clients as well. Yeah, I was able to save quite a bit of money. It makes sense to go in that direction with where you guys are at. And I mean, it's definitely a good move. Again, all the contact information will be in the show notes website, everything else. So make sure you reach out to them if you're interested in even just getting a quote. And lastly, City Fans 210 works with donors, brands, boosters, and fans to connect them with the University of Texas San Antonio athletes to facilitate their NIL opportunities with the primary goal to help fund UTSA athletes. Better players equals better athletic results. We do have some multiple NIL groups that are popping up. We've had Runners Rising come on, and I really like their philosophy of professional development. It's more of athletics as a whole, not any one particular sport, but they're Mm -hmm. creating mentor opportunities and things like that. But I think, too, the missing component of that is the power relationships that can really drive those dollars to where it Mm -hmm. needs to be. And hopefully, maybe one day we can mold it into a program of having that professional development and everything else that goes with it for the students also. But doing the research on y'all's group, board is led by founder and CEO of the PM Group, Bob Wills. Advisory council for your group is Mayor Ron Nuremberg, Bear County Judge Peter Sakai, former Bear County Judge Nelson Wolf, former Texas State Senator John T. Montford, and philanthropist Harvey Nasium. That's a power right. team. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. How did you get involved with that group? Right across the hall is the PM group from our office. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We know Bob Wills and his team very well. We've been neighbors for at least, what, six years now. This whole 
NIL thing is blowing up. And this football program, the last two years, have done so much for the university in yes. terms of publicity. But Bob Wills, obviously he needs the financial support, not only dollars, but also from the accounting standpoint. Mm-hmm. So he asked me if I would join as a board member and help him launch this thing. And I said yes within two seconds. Oh, yeah. He's got the relationships with a lot of these heavy hitters, so to speak, in San Antonio. And so he's going after those big dollars so that we could then turn around and provide these types of scholarships or stipends to these players so that they can focus on getting their financial needs met, Right. focus on school and focus on the athletics piece. And you mentioned there's other NIL groups and they all have a kind of a common goal. Right. And I do see eventually maybe a concerted effort to join forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows where this thing could go. Yeah. But there's another gentleman, Martin Salinas. Oh, yeah, we know Martin very, really very, well. Very familiar with Martin. And April and Sierra, <laughs> they have their own group as well, yeah. which we've contributed to and we're happy to support. And so I think each one has its own objectives on what they're going to focus on yeah. initially. But at the end of the day, it's to provide financial support for these athletes, yeah. these for student sure. athletes. What I see as incredible is while there are multiple groups, like you said, each has their own things that they're trying to create as far as support is. Now, your group came out with the splash with yeah. TV. Oh, yeah. And, and that's Bob. I mean, He's a big personality. I, I dig that style, man. And I think it's really important for even the other NIL groups, right. to, for the community to see this is happening. And we need the community to really rally behind it because while we're excited about the football program, it does mean a lot for the university to have a successful program in place. Yeah, and everyone knows that football is what drives student enrollment and, and publicity. All the sports are obviously important, but right. football is what puts the university in the spotlight. Right. Right? Yeah, I think Bob said it best with investing in UTSA is that the university is here. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're able to become a major donor through small monetary yep. investments. Right? Absolutely. And it's a big deal. Sports is really the purest way that the general public mm-hmm. can support a university if they didn't go there as a student or they're right. not competing to a scholarship. person off the street can come and buy that yeah. product. And maybe they have kids that will grow up and want to be you know, yeah. students at the yeah. university. My kids only know UTSA. That's it. They bleed orange and blue. Yeah. I want that for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I want UTSA to be the first choice, not the backup choice. Yep. And that's tough because you go to these high schools and the kids are all wearing Baylor shirts, UT yep. shirts, Texas Tech shirts. I think we're going to change that. And I think a lot of it also is if you grow up here as a kid, you have ambitions of maybe going somewhere else, living in a different city and breaking away from mom and dad and starting that path of adulthood. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, it's purely an investment in your future. And so do you want to pay double the cost of that investment by moving to Austin and going to UT? Because it's not just the college and the tuition. It's the room and board. It's the Mm -hmm. food. I mean, it's all that. And look at it from an investment standpoint. I'm trying to teach my kids at an early age, don't pick a university just because all your friends are going there or because they have a well-established football team. Mm -hmm. You're making a bad investment decision if that's your purpose. Now, there are certain schools known for certain things, right? So if you want to be a vet, for example, well, a has a great program. But if that's not what you want to do and you want to do something else, well, you need to consider other options. And UTSA is a great option. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I think with NIO, there needs to be more education for just people in San Antonio that maybe don't know much or is tied into it. When we think about all businesses, if we're able to retain the talent here in San Antonio, which has been extremely tough for San Antonio in general, mm-hmm. we need to invest back into the university and the other universities here. But invest in UTSA first. <laughs> And because it comes back full circle with hiring talent, Mm -hmm. retaining investment in San Antonio, Mm -hmm. extremely important. What you guys are doing with the Alumni Association, you meet a ton of professionals. We're meeting you today and Mm -hmm. saying, wow, there's all this talent here in San Antonio, UTSA alumni. You mentioned 150,000 alum. 
yeah. right? And we mentioned Savion Harris earlier that mm-hmm. he was a UTSA football player, very talented individual in the investment financial world, oh, right? Absolutely. So he's here. He's here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So that's what's exciting, I think, then, when we kind of bring it back full circle, that it is important for the citizens and the people of San Antonio to invest in this, not think of it as, were you helping a football player do this or that? There are tons of stories of walk-ons that if you have to go take a job because you have to support your family. Yeah. Great example last season. That wasn't even his position. No. Right. He just stepped in. This helps supplement and keep those Yeah, yeah. And the NIL landscape, too, I mean, it's still early in the game, right? And dust has not settled yet. Right. Now, granted, other large, older universities have massive donor bases, which automatically fill those buckets. Right. San Antonio or UTSA doesn't quite have that. But I feel like the foundation that's being laid for NIL in San Antonio is a good one, especially with y'all's group, Mm -hmm. Martin and April's group, and Runners Rising. It is good to see alumni stepping up, said, we got to start working on this thing now. A big portion of those 150,000 students are young. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they're not yet well established in their careers yet, where they're executives, but in due time, they will be. And so I'm very hopeful for the future in that as these young graduates move into a decision-making roles at the companies that they're at, that those dollars will eventually come. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is an exciting time, guys. We really do appreciate all the time and y'all's story is an incredible one. Congratulations on the success and thank you for everything that you're doing for the city of San Antonio and UTSA. Anything that we talked about today is in the show notes. So make sure if there's any part of this that may pique your interest, check the show notes, go to the websites, get involved, whether it comes to auditings, taxes, insurance, whatever it is, make sure you reach out to the guys and support local alumni. But guys, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you both. That was a great opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Birds up. Birds up. Beep, beep. So there you have our Runner Nation, the interview with Chris Carmona and Derek Shriver of Shriver Carmona and Company. And I got to say, I, I always get really inspired by entrepreneurs, but even more so the fact that they are UTSA alumni and doing so well for themselves. I know. What a wild story. Like, meet, start a company, thrive. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah. I just, oh my gosh. Well, I, I mean, know. think about like, okay, I'm going to start a business. And I'm thinking about bringing on a partner or maybe not even thinking about bringing on a partner, but say, oh, by the way, you should meet this guy. And then sight unseen, we're going to buy a firm and start our business. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I I don't know. As a business owner myself, man, whoo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, we talked a little bit about the getting to know each other. And, you know, the management styles. I mean, there's one thing about the skill of accounting, and that's only part of running a business. You know, they still got to figure out how to work with themselves and being partners in this firm and being successful. But it is really, really incredible, the story that they got going on. And, uh, you know, all all the support they're doing out there, the community involvement, leadership, like, yeah. And even their side gigs they have going on. Yeah. It doesn't stop, man. It's really cool. It's really cool. Now, I do want to give a, another plug to City Fans 210. If you are looking for a way to be a part of the NIL action that is happening around San Antonio, City Fans 210 is a good way to do it. And Derek, uh, obviously, being a big component to that piece of making that stuff work. They have an incredible team, incredible advisors, and it is really great to see another program out there to try to facilitate what it is that coach needs to keep players and recruit players so we can continue success as we go into the American Athletic Conference. But all the information of every entity and every piece in the conversation that we had, all the contact information is in the show notes. So if any part of that stuck out to you a little 
little bit. Make sure you check the show notes. You have the contact information on there, so make sure you reach out and get that done. But guys, thank you so much for the time. It is really an incredible story. We're so happy to be able to share it and look forward to see you guys here pretty soon. Yvonne, what else do we have going on at the University and the Alumni Association? So the Alumni Association and University Career Center are co-hosting Career Talk, Finding Your Passion and Identifying Strengths and Skill Sets. This will be March 21st from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Katz Alumni Center, and you can RSVP to attend this in person or virtual. On March 22nd, Credit Human and Green Path are presenting Build Your Credit. This is virtual only. It'll be from 12 to 1 p.m. And then on March 29th, Credit Human and Green Path are also presenting Options to Tackle Debt. This will also be virtual, and it's going to take place between 12 and 1 p.m. So you can do a lunch and learn kind of thing from your office or wherever you might be enjoying lunch. And then we've got, obviously, our next super fun, big fundraiser, the Alumni Association Golf Scramble, March 31st. Yeah. Yeah. So sign up. We still need volunteers if you want to come out and help us. I, uh, I got our team signed up. Yeah. I'm super excited. You got to yeah pretty stacked team I, we're, I mean we're you okay. have two former football players yeah so Miles Benning and Savion Harris Savion Harris you guys have met a couple of times uh, on the podcast and then uh, Miles Benning actually joined us for the live broadcast at the UTSA Alumni Association tailgate for the U of H game last year but I'm kind of counting on Savion because I know uh, being a finance guy he plays a lot of golf um, <laughs> so the best thing I can do is hopefully bring the cannon out that day and uh, this will be Miles's first 18 holes so that'll be interesting and then my, my buddy Jody Beckham, who's also an alumni entrepreneur and is now uh, pretty heavily involved in the construction industry is joining us as well but we are super pumped if you don't have a team make sure you get one registered if you're looking to sponsor make sure you do that as well but like Yvonne said we could always use more volunteers so make sure you yeah, reach out to do definitely, that definitely definitely and tee off is at 8 a.m yes yep. yep awesome and then we have uh, spring sports kicking off so Yvonne and I we were watching the women's basketball team as they go through the conference USA championship tournament yeah. and uh, it was really really fun to watch it was man that those women are just so much talent i just tell you andrew i mean just like when women's basketball really started to gain popularity many years ago i mean just the level of play that you see today it it rivals i mean entertainment wise i mean it's it's up there yeah they're just so talented and it was it was a great game to watch it was sad to see the end that played out losing to western kentucky i mean they were hitting those threes in the second (laughs) half it was just they were unstoppable yeah i I think western kentucky they've set a conference record for the amount of threes in a season yeah well this season like they're they beat the school record yeah for most threes in a season so it was it it was I like feel like half of them came in the second half. It's like of they that couldn't game. miss. Yeah, no, no, no kidding, right? It's like they couldn't miss. I mean, everybody was on fire with those threes. Yeah, yeah. But UTSA women put up a good fight. Um, I mean, so they came in as six seed, you know, yeah. and it, like we were hoping for the Cinderella story, but it, it is a young UTSA women yeah, basketball there's team. There's several stars coming back next season, so really excited. Yeah, but. absolutely. And the UTSA baseball is also killing it right now. They just earned their 15th win with a nine to three victory over Stephen F. Austin. If you have a chance to go check out a baseball game make sure you do so all the other spring sports are firing off as well softball tennis golf so make sure that if you want to go check out the utsa athletes that are going out there and putting utsa on the map make sure you do so while you can couple quick shout outs on the UTSA College of Business Alumni Council. Towards the end of this semester, I believe it'll be, we're thinking around May, we are going to be doing a joint mixer with the College of Engineering Alumni Council. More information on that as everything kind of develops, but we want to make sure that we can invite the graduate
graduating students to come in and welcome them into the alumni association and get, connect them to the network. So more information to come on that. Even if you're an alumni of another college, you're more than welcome to, to attend. Another really great that's in preparation right now is in early September, probably the week of the first game is what we're looking at. We're going to be doing a lunch and learn at the race facility that will have a topic of business of sport. And we're going to have a lot of really great guests that are going to come and speak at that. So again, more information to come. There are alumni councils across most of the colleges of the university. If you are looking to get involved with the college that you graduated from, make sure you reach out to the Alumni Association so we can get you plugged in. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading. If there's anything you can do to help us, please make sure you subscribe and leave that five-star rating review as it helps us more than you know. Babe, happy 10th anniversary. anniversary. I love you so much. It's a birds up family at our house. And thanks again for listening. We really appreciate all the support and we'll catch you on the next one. Birds Birds up.